0: Peace. Welcome to another episode of Sex on Shuffle with me, Cindy Lee. This episode will be a continuation of my interview with Lena Queen, sister sexologist. I hope you enjoy part two as much as part one and as much as I enjoyed having the conversation. Enjoy.
1: We, you know, one of the things for us is stop looking for people to validate us. Mm. Trust your spirit, trust your work build your relationship with your intuition, you know? And that's why this, this, this both and, because when that shadow work, this is when all those things, what it, I don't know if it was us that was talking about imposter syndrome, just being a result of white supremacy or being in somewhere, but like, literally that thing of like us unlearning our value and how we show up when we speak truth to power. Right,
0: um, right. Is a thing, we need to do more. Oh. that shit shows up it shows up in us and that's why healing ourselves even though we are healing practitioners is still part of the work
1: yes so when i break down so healing the erotic self has four components mm. and as somatic sex therapy does our inter our intersectional narrative sorry tongue-tied our intersectional narrative right mm-hmm. bringing intersectionality into practice mm-hmm. right um by creating a model, what I call the intersectional lens, it also looks at our mindfulness and emotional self awareness, or I used to use emotional intelligence, but what I mean by intelligence is like our self awareness, our erotic wow. and emotional self awareness. Um, the other thing too is our relationship to energy, our relationship to spirit. It doesn't—that's the third thing, transpersonal, right? That's a tr- that's and which also goes with somatic sex education, mm-hmm. right? So we have to be able. To, again, honor that there is knowledge, generational, ancestral body knowledge that we have and how do we bring that into our healing? And then the fourth component is the body-based techniques that we use to actively connect. So we're active participants in our healing and not just intellectualizing our healing. Right. You know, you move from this space and place where everything that we've gone through, impact points, not just traumatic, but also leaning into our joy and pleasure. Mm-hmm. Use of the erotic. I read used of the erotic. By the time, fourth time I read use of the, the erotic, I was like, the third time I was like, oh my gosh, she actually lists them. I, the second time I was like, no, hold on. And like, <laughs> right, you know, like, you like, you, you read and stuff and you're like, yes, yes, yes. And then I'm like, oh no. The third time I was like, she lists them. And I went back the fourth time. The fourth time I identified seven uses of the erotic that Audre Lorde gives. Mm-hmm. And I bring that into practice. So we have our eight channels of the erotic self, mm-hmm. how we use the erotic, joy, pleasure, vulnerability, reciprocity of emotional labor as some. Mm-hmm. And then looking at our relationship to our body, our relationship to pleasure, pain, and power. And like that's. And then that becomes that becomes my whole system of healing the erotic, healing the erotic self. Um, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited to be in this place right now where I just gave that shit to you without hemming and hawing. Off the, the back. Right, right. Like, <laughs> because again, you can't do this work and just intellectualize it. Embodiment is
0: part of the process
1: because we know fakes when we see it.
0: Right. And it, it's clear that it's immersive, right? And yes. In that both and, in that I'm going to do my professional and my political, that is also connected to my personal, just like my spiritual is connected to my sexual. Yeah. huh? Listen, two sides of the same
1: coin. As a spiritual woman who was also sexual, I refuse to be shamed for both. Mm. And it, it exists. Is, you it can is, honor both. It, it absolutely. So I also correlate my healing with which, which energy center I was concentrating on at the time. Mm. And 18 years ago, I started with my sixth energy center. You know, mm-hmm. my relationship to like, you know, what was my divine purpose? Mm. Okay. Right, I, start, I started there with like the who, and that is the question that I ask folks, who are you? Mm-hmm. Who am I? And who am I in relationship to self? Um, yes, it's informed by others, but I tell people, give me four things, give me four identities. right? Right. And I don't mean like mother, cousin, you know, sister, lover, because those Mm -hmm. are your roles in relationship to other people. I want you to give me your relationship to yourself. I'm Mm -hmm. quirky, I'm tender. Girl, since you identify me as tender, I was like, I am a tender mother. Yes, yes. And the power in tenderness. Tenderness. So I, so like being able to define ourselves for ourselves is part of this process, Mm -hmm. because a lot of the work that I do is a lot of post breakup work. Mm where we're trying to rediscover who we are because we've invested so much emotionally mm-hmm. into our significant others that we have mm-hmm. forgotten who we are. Mm-hmm. So to bring people back to that source of self, we, we, that is our framing question is to answer who am I? And right. how clear does that answer become and how transformational that answer will become when you continue to engage and immerse in your
0: healing. Right. And it, it prepares you for if and when you want to be in a relationship in the future, that there you exist outside of that unit, whatever it is. Yes. Whatever partnership it, it is.
1: Yes. Being able to redefine pleasure for yourself, being able to speak your needs. That's why WAP was so important, mm. right? Because it was about, it was about fem bodies showing up to speak their needs and their desires and to expect that shit to be fulfilled. Or Period. One, if you can't. Right, and so that autonomy, agency, and autonomy—the ability to make decisions, the ability to act on decisions that we make—you know—that's that's part of the liberatory process of activating that self permission to experience pleasure.
0: Clearly, because you can't yes. say that it wasn't clear. Like, this is what it is. I'm not gonna beat you in the head no. or try to manipulate you like white supremacist culture has us thinking yes. that we have to like give people an allure or manipulate folks to yes. get them to give us what they want. No, this is what I want. Yep. Right. I you want, want it coat the bag or being very specific and being like, this is what I want to do sexually. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. And that's and that's a that's a really brilliant point, too, is that the erotic, you know, for me, the erotic is sexual and non-sexual. Absolutely. Right. And being able to talk about the relationship between the senses and the self and the layers of the self that come up and not from this Freudian, like who you think you are type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is important. So and when we talk about black sexuality, um, and people of color, like we're not talking about our ability to give ourselves permission to experience pleasure because we know all the shit we get from it when we do. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I can't, I can't. I have one. Listen, I don't know about my past lives. Me and my hypnotherapist are going to talk about that. And <laughs> right what I do know is I am conscious of the life that I have right now therefore i am going to live from the space and place that i know i'm capable of that that i should be anyway i'm not asking right. nobody's permission even in hardship my shit is still liberation. Mm-hmm. i'm not asking for nobody's permission to live Fuck right
0: me. or waiting for the perfect setting or waiting for 2021 because 2020 has been such a shit show yeah. 2021 is homies with 2020 how we don't know that next year is going to be worse or the same exactly
1: exactly um nope I can't so y'all better get ready before you got to get right like
0: what does it look like to stay present and understand that joy and pleasure and centering joy and pleasure is in the now and what does it look like to do it in the now absolutely and how powerful that is I'm not saying that
1: people we're not going to be okay I'm saying we're going to take care of ourselves because we're not okay Right. One thing about black resiliency is our ability to bounce, our ability to thrive and experience joy and pleasure, no matter what the circumstances are that we've gone through. And that is why people globally are fascinated with blackness Mm -hmm. is the resiliency factor of, of what is innately instilled in us to not forget our joy is divinely given. Therefore, there is no master over our
0: joy. Right. It's a birthright for a sure. Birth- exactly. Absolutely positively. And that's why motherfuckers try to commodify it, consume it, capitalize and, off of
1: yes. it. Yes. Listen, brown fishing, black fishing, everybody got a body movement except for their own. So I'm gonna help. Them right. Out. And that's the other thing that's also really important too, is that this work centers Black femme sexuality, mm-hmm. um, and just like it, just like other modalities, other folks can learn. Can you learn from something that doesn't yes. center you, but still informs you? Because unlearning anti-blackness is part of healing. Yes, like it's just part of healing. You know, I and I tell folks you can't tell me that as a Black woman, part of my journey has been unlearning the pathology that I've been Mm -hmm. taught about myself, the anti-Blackness I've been taught about myself and that white folks are even people of color. And when I'm using the the term of color, I'm using that in in solidarity to Mm -hmm. the Black experience U.S. and globally, right? And that there is this work that needs to be done. And Dr. Tracy Gilbert's work talks about performative Blackness for for an intracultural conversation. And they pointedly said that work is not for people who are not Black. Correct. And so I had to interpret that for how do we deal with
0: anti-Blackness? Yes. Right? And, there's, you- and there's spaces and places for everything, right? Absolutely. Like the racial justice work, a lot of it is white people's work. Yes. What does yes. it look like to focus on the internalized shit, the colorism, the featureism, the texturism yes. within yep. the community?
1: Within the community. It absolutely is. It'll, it will be interesting to see what would the reception be as a black, dark-skinned woman, mm-hmm. right? That, you know, I always talk about fuckability in 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 marketing, you yeah. know, and 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 how people are out here and they're enthralled by people that they want to fuck. Mm-hmm. But if I don't, if if I'm not perceived that way, what would be people's perception? Because I also know too, my stuff is not for mass consumption. Mm-hmm. So that's the other thing too, doing this work when we're gonna show up and we're gonna monetize our work. It is recognizing that, like, I have three businesses that I run.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, that this is not going to be my one egg in the basket, that I'm doing this focus on my community Mm -hmm. um, and I'm focused on this perspective and this lens. Therefore, my work is not for everybody. And to be okay with that because we're also forced to make it applicable to all the things. Right.
0: Why? And that can come from, white supremacist culture of them always want to be included yes it can come from a scarcity of believing that i have to tailor it to everybody in order to be successful yeah. when there's an there's an abundance in being just with your purpose and your niche and your community right. and that was some of the things that you went you and i did even on a professional
1: work is like using mm-hmm. your consultation services to like talk that out and to process that out to say like I know this is the work that I'm supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. but also too, like this, the emotion, the emotional cost and the fear of showing up in this way. Um, and then like not centering that response, but centering my purpose. Mm. Like that, that has been a lot of work this year, a lot mm-hmm. of work this year. And you've been so supportive of that work. I appreciate you. I
0: appreciate you, my love.
1: In tender
0: love. <laughs> so with that, let's talk about, you know, you get a lot of, it's clear. It's clear that you're passionate and this is your work. And this is what you're, you're put here in this iteration and in this moment to right. do. But, and I know you find joy and pleasure in that too, but how are you leaning in or centering your joy and your pleasure in the current sense with everything going on in or outside of your work. Because it is, because it can be consuming. And, and, you know,
1: personally it has been consuming. Mm-hmm. Um, somewhere this year I decided that to lean, you know, using the erotic. Um, I reconnected with a former lover. Okay. So I'm getting some good loving. Look I think also too, that was also a manifestation of knowing what I wanted right? N- n- like, period. Like, because I'm also tender, um, I love giving, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, words of affirmation and physical touch are my top love languages. Mm-hmm. Um, As a kinkster, right? Uh, you know, submission is something that's very sensual to me. Mm-hmm. So I think being in this space of knowing who I am as a lover, mm-hmm. and, and then leaning into that in my healing, it was, I just bought me some lingerie, Ooh. Right? Come on, right. succulent self-care. Like, I got me some lingerie. And I got it for me, not because of the lover. Right. I got it for me. Like, I want to feel my body in this. It w- it was also my relationship to my body. I'm 47 years old. Right? I have no uterus. Mm-hmm. Right? I am premenopausal. So there was all these things that were happening that I was like, I want to be sexy. My body was like, bitch, nah. <laughs> Right. It was everybody talking about let's masturbate. And my hands was like, I want to. And my body was like, don't you touch me. <laughs> <laughs> so Not today. Erotic. I have a headache. So it was re-engaging with the erotic mm-hmm. and then using that pleasure um, as a way of like, all right, what is going to turn me on? Mm-hmm. Who do I find divine? And then like literally being very intentional about creating space to that. The nap ministry has also been really helpful in like staying very visual about like 30 minutes a day of rest, like, and rest doesn't have to look like sleep, right? It's right. like getting a task list done. It can look like some things, but like being very intentional of stepping away from the matrix mm-hmm. and taking care of myself, of, of flirting with my lover and being comfortable with flirting again, learning yeah. how to flirt again. To be in this place of like, I'm going to learn. I'm not going to take what I knew about you because we're changed mm-hmm. people. I'm going to take what I know about you. I'm going to learn you now. And mm-hmm. for me, that's a whole different experience to date. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's a sensuality in that curiosity. Oh, right? my gosh, yes. And that is, it, you know, we talk about pleasure mapping, but we don't talk about how to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that it is pleasure from the senses in addition to the somatic and the body base, it is mm-hmm. about that rediscovery, scaling like my desirability and how turned on do I feel about myself, and then what informs that desirability? Um, mm-hmm. Being a queer person who is also, you know, a, a lover of a lot of folks, but having to, having to know that I did masculine center women wrong because I had gender expectations of them that Ooh. did not
0: affirm their womanhood. Mmm, that shadow work. That shadow work. That internalized misogyny, misogynoir. Like we're we're conditioned in that too. Ooh, so much so. Um,
1: To also be a queer person and to date a, a cis het Black man. Mm-hmm. The one who is affirming and loving and probably has no clue about what the hell we're talking about today, but it's supportive as fuck. Right. You know, Um. and so the classism too and the intellectualism, Right, I leaned into relearning all those things about myself, about my pleasure points, and like it feels good. So it it feels, mm-hmm. it feels good to I got me some lashes. Come on, lashes! Come on, family. Like, got me some lashes. You know, little things that I, yes. I'm leaning into. I'm taking like people underestimate the power of taking themselves to dinner or ordering out. Ordering out in the COVID yes. state. but like eating foods that i want to eat that fill me that nur- nourishment yes yes and like that's how i've been leaning into leaning into my eroticism and like that joy and that pleasure mm. that's how i've been doing it
0: and i feel it cuz there's like it's there's a sensuality in that nourishment there's a sensuality in the adornment yes right and yes. standing in your power
1: big hoop earring come on hoops okay Okay, everybody. Big hoop earrings, yes. Like, mm-hmm. thank you. And I think a lot of people have been saying that too about this year's. Like, what's up with you? And I'm like, bitch, I'm back. That's all. Listen, like I never left. That, like I never left. Like, mm-hmm. literally, who, who I am right now. It, it, it really is some pre. Oh, can we talk about micro? Can we talk about plant medicine? So you. Be- You've been incorporating plant as medicine. So, plant medicine as pleasure work, as pleasure work, as healing work, right? Mm-hmm. So people know me and cannabis get along in all kinds of ways with or without THC blessings. Listen, Blessing, mm-hmm. right? and I've also been uh, using MDMA and ecstasy. So, when people don't really? think about ecstasy or shrooms in a mm-hmm. way of microdosing for um to, to combat PTSD symptoms. Mm-hmm. But there there is actual research about microdosing with plant medicine. And in the 50s and 60s in the United States, it was very popular. You know, oh, and sure. the mpma assisted uh, psychotherapy, I believe, has begun again in California. So like literally, if if it's not there, and definitely no Canada. but like literally what we do what i what I had to also learn too, reclaiming, reclaiming plant medicine, right? So understanding my relationship to my my cannabis strands, like understanding. Um, The relationship to MDMA, like understanding my relationship to shrooms, like those things became also important because Mm -hmm. we are mind, body and energy. Our nervous Mm -hmm. system literally produces electrical impulses and understanding what my biology was in the sense of am I predisposed to any mental health? You know symptoms um, like anxiety or depression or hallucinations or delusions. Like understanding those things about myself, I made informed choices about the plant medicine in which I was going to use. Mm. So, in this la the last sixty days, I have been microdosing. I'm using E, and the transformation that I have experienced have been less anxiety, wow. but, um, clarity of mind. Like I, you know, I have attention deficit disorder um, clarity of mind. And, 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 and also again, because I'm microdosing and doing this experiential experientially, I'm looking at like three, three times a week. And then I'm, I'm journaling my process and like, Mm. and then I'm going without for a week and I'm journaling my process because what I'm also seeing too, and I think this will probably be my last month. Um, and maybe do it for like maintenance twice a year or something of that nature, but literally what I've seen as far as my thought process, my PTSD symptoms, um, being able to sleep at night—it's mm. a quality of health thing that has
0: been freaking transformational. Wow, I'm, I've heard of microdosing with shrooms, and I've never heard of MDMA and E.
1: I think a lot of times people think that like you can't cut stuff up, and I'm like, <laughs> right? You know, I say you got you got to take the whole thing, and it's like, right. But again, too, how well you know, being a, a somatic therapist is like, how well do you know your body? How mm. well do you know your response to your body? Are you taking hold on your vitamins? Remember, I was a colon hydrotherapist. So are you taking your vitamins? Are you supplementing your body? Because our nutrition and and the the nutrition of the fruits that we have, the, the mm-hmm. food that we have right now, are not what our great grandparents had. The soil has changed our relationship mm. to the land has changed Mm -hmm. all these things become part of the conversations and part of the the healing practices with healing the erotic self that I was like no it needs to be an integrative comprehensive way of showing up and we have to look at the shit that we've been told not to do to revisit some things and that's part Mm -hmm. of the reclamation process for
0: me Mm -hmm. um, is revisiting some things and look just in this conversation we've had connection to justice and equity and sex and pleasure and plants and food sovereignty and uh, chronic illness, right? Yeah. Just yeah. off of this one
1: conversation one alone. conversation, right. Which should be the conversation we're having, but again, capitalism western dominance has commodified Mm -hmm. everything so people think they have to heal in chunks we go to an eye doctor for this you know like just like the specialties of the medical western i mean the 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 medical complex is what we do in our healing and what i'm saying is that that shit doesn't have to be done that way Mm -hmm. and there's a way that you can integrate those things and keep systems accountable for how
0: you heal Mm. and healing the whole self so with that where can people find you what's the next project because i feel like this was so much goodness for folks to process and i know i'm gonna have you on again (laughs) but i I want folks to engage and really um highlight and honor your work where can folks find you
1: um so uh, sistersexologists.com um mm-hmm. is the main site to find out exactly what's going on. The offerings that I have, Healing the Erotic Self coaching program is actually going to be launched later this month, um, but you can go to healingtheeroticself.com. Um, you can also go to uh, Centering Ourselves because I've launched a teaching institute. Come on. I've launched a teaching institute because what I do also recognize too is that there are healers, degreed or not, who want to mm-hmm. do this work. And I am not asking permission to do this work Mm -hmm. in institutions who want to claim my intellectual property as their own. So I've created my own institution, Healing the Whole Self-Institute, the Whole Self-Healing Institute, excuse me. So uh, centeringourselves.org is another way. Um, But if y'all just Google sister sexologist, y'all find your girl.
0: You see me looking at you
1: like this. Right. I love you so much. I love you too. I do. I do. I do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: So thank you. Thank you for your time and your presence and your knowledge and wisdom being offered up to folks all over the podcast airways. This gift. Hopefully folks will tune in. Shit. Send her some love offerings or look into booking her coaching sessions and classes. Yeah. thank you Jeez. and of course as always folks contact i'm gonna put all her information on a podcast note because you need some queen in your life um and if you have any questions we'll get her back on for another segment shoot me an email at sexonshuffle at gmail.com hit us up on the interwebs and yeah stay ready stay ready <laughs> <laughs>